calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. All by myself, broadcasting from the most famous small town in the universe, Woodstock, New York. This is the podcast that pulls the curtain back on the supplement industry. Episode 79, The Supplement Quality Standard. We're going to talk about supplement quality as we consumers perceive it. And I'm going to give you a glimpse of what really is. And then we're going to talk about how standards are so critical. So it's just me all by myself, as I sang to you. Dana is out today. Sorry we missed you last week. We had a little family emergency. Dana is okay now. And uh, I'm just going to go it alone. So we'll miss you. I'm sorry. But uh Anyway, before we kick it off, uh, keep those nice words coming. Getting the five-star hugs after we've been asking pretty regularly is really nice. Uh, It helps my ego, as I've said. And I've got a few new text reviews, and those are always great. So post one of those, especially at Apple if you can. Sign up for my weekly newsletter and blog. It's at woodstockvitamins.com slash sign up. And I'm very excited to announce that my site is moving. We're going from Woodstock Vitamins to this whole like Dr. Neil thing. It's going to be super sweet. My blog's going to look awesome. I'm very excited. So uh, anyway, I know Dana's most excited about that, right, Dana? Oh, she's not here. Anyway, so let's get started with talking about this horrible, mishandled pandemic, COVID-19 news. Uh, I wanted to talk about this last week, but it's a week late. I'm sure you guys probably have seen this stuff, but uh, the CDC sent out some stuff to the states with some generic, hey, this is what's going to happen with the vaccines when they come type information. Uh, New York Times got a hold of it and then leaked it to everybody. So they refer to these things as vaccine A and vaccine B. And I thought it was pretty interesting to see. Uh, I know everybody's kind of panicking because they think the vaccines are going to hurt them because that was in the news recently. So we'll talk about that too. But first, I feel like we should know what's going on with these vaccines. First and foremost, there's not a lot in common right now with these vaccines and regular flu shots. I mean, it's an intramuscular injection of a liquid, but that's about it, right? Uh, One of them is super duper frozen, like negative 70 degrees. And that means I have to like get my temperature monitoring game back in place if I end up keeping this in stock, if a frozen vaccine comes It's just kind of giving me flashbacks to the first shingles vaccine, Zostavax. It was frozen and it required like all this crazy temperature tracking, but the new one is only refrigerated and we've got all those controls locked down. So my expensive freaking freezers have been used for like ice packs for probiotic supplements, uh, which is great. And I don't need to monitor that. So um, this frozen thing is really interesting. One of them, uh, vaccines has to be reconstituted. So that means the pharmacist, doctor, whomever is going to have to add some diluent to it and turn it from a frozen powder to a cold liquid that will then stick into your arm. So that's going to take some time. So it's going to be probably like a five to 10 minute wait before you can get the immunization. And then frozen vaccines tend to cause more like weird sensations at the arm. So a little bit more pain and redness and flushing. Um, it goes bad after 10 days. That's pretty interesting. If even if it's not mixed because of the temperature requirements, I think that, and it's very important to know that both of these vaccines are actually two dose vaccines, 21 and 28 days apart. So, um, so that's something you got to go back and get a second shot. And the last and most important tidbit that I think everybody should know about these vaccines is that you're probably not going to get one. 
So it's quite obvious that we're going to be prioritizing these towards higher risk people. So if I were to like kind of break that down, it seems it's going to be hospital professionals. So like doctors, nurses, et cetera, et cetera. First, long-term care st- uh, professionals and staff, and then like long-term care residents and then other hospital staff and other essential workers. And that is like a big question mark. I think there's only like two to 6 million doses that'll be available this year when, if this stuff rolls out as they're predicting. Um, so basically you're not going to get it. And in fact, I'm not going to get it. It's not going to be administered at pharmacies like flu shots. It's going to be masked like government run immunization clinics. So don't get yourself worked up about the first round of the flu shot or the the first round of the COVID shot. The first round of the flu shot, hopefully you've already got done because you've listened to my droning on and on about how important that is right now. Um, so I don't know. So there's a lot to unpack with this COVID vaccine. Uh, one of the trials for one of the leading candidates was you know, put on pause, a little time out because there was an adverse event that they don't know if it was a reaction at all or related at all. And as a result, of course, everybody's going, see, told you so. No, I'm not. Nope, I'm not going to do it. They're going to rush it. It's not going to be safe. And there's a couple pieces to this. One, let the process unfold and let them do the quality things that they need to do. Uh, That may mean that this doesn't hit the market. (laughs) So that's a piece that everybody seems to be forgetting is that there's a chance that none of these things will actually be good enough to come to the world. And uh, that's something that we have to kind of come to grips with. That's why it's so important for us to actually like fix this problem instead of ignoring it or, you know, like downplaying it as we have. And then the other thing is just something I've always been saying is that getting a vaccine isn't really us getting a touchdown. That's us getting to like the 50 yard line. Life is still going to be a masked based society with social distancing, and it's still not going to be completely normal because it's not going to be hundred percent effective, right? And we don't know how effective it's going to be. So I think just taking a deep breath and everybody was kind of hoping for, you know, 1231, 2020 to be the moment that the vaccine hits the streets and everything changes in January 1st, we go back to normal. And I don't think that that is a smart way to look at it, but Anyway, that's enough on COVID-19. Normally, Dana would say something about COVID-19 and or deodorant and like how we smell. Uh, But I'm just going to kind of skip past that. My weight journey is great. I'm doing this really great half pound a week thing where I can not completely over restrict myself. Like I was doing the like, I got to lose weight thing. So now I've got the 25 pounds off. Now I can take my time, right? And so... It's really cool uh, that I can just like eat some pizza on the weekend, right? And uh, have one day that's a little heavier, and I know that I'll still lose that half pound a week. So we're we're get, we're sub two twenty five, and we're on our way down. Um, and I'm okay with this taking another year to get to my target weight two hundred five, you know, two ten, whatever. All right, let's talk supplement standards. The supplement quality standard. I want to set the stage as briefly as possible if I can. So we've talked about this ad nauseum, you would think, and that's kind of part of the deal is that this is my specialty. So this is what we're going to be talking about all the time. So uh, supplements, it's a mess, right? Um, There's a regulatory environment that allows for products to be made without any real like oversight. 
Okay. Products can be made technically by anyone. And yeah, there's laws and requirements to ensure that you're making a pure and potent product, but that's all voluntary compliance. You don't have to follow the rules and there's no uh, third party organization that's going to make you do it. The FDA with its huge scope and like constant lack of resources, really can't take the action it needs to ensure that the regulations are constantly being met. And then we have this whole whack-a-mole situation where supplement man manufacturers are constantly popping up and rushing out a product. They get a warning, a slap on the wrist, then they disappear and then they reform somewhere else. And it's really interesting, like the like the uh, the shell game that's being played too. Like you might call a company that calls themselves a manufacturer, but they're truly not a manufacturer. They just work with other companies that may be in other countries to make your product and you would be none the wiser. Um, you know, so there's, there's really no third party that's neutral that will rubber stamp your products before they hit the market. And that's an important thing for us all to remember because, you know, I, I know as a consumer, when I, before I knew all of this stuff, I, I used to say, well, well, how is that allowed? How is it okay? Isn't there somebody checking, right? And with drugs, we have that assumption. And with drugs, that assumption is true. Like somebody is checking and making sure that the products are what they say they are before they hit the market. And then there's this very aggressive kind of monitoring thing that goes on. And we can argue about, you know, the corruption there, but that is more of a conversation about uh, our modern problems with corruption than it is about like the current process. So, Basically, what ends up happening is that the industry exists inside of this black box that's nearly impenetrable. And uh, like, believe me, it's this is what I spend all of my time doing, having conversations with manufacturers, raw material suppliers, distributors, industry insiders. It is a mess. And as Mark Ullman, one of my advisors uh, on the podcast here said, when a problem happens, the story that's told isn't this rogue agency went off the rails. It's, oh, the typical unregulated supplement industry. That's the story that's known, and that's the story that's true. We have this different perception, of course, but the reality is, is that the supplement industry is a hot, stinking mess. So I wrote an article, The Three Types of Dietary Supplements, and I use a steak analogy. I think I've done it on the show here before, so sorry, vegans and vegetarians, I understand, but this just really works for me. I'll try to come up with something that's a little bit more friendly, like a Beyond Burger or something. I don't know. Anyway, when you're shopping for supplements, it's like this. You go to a store, you look for steak, but you can't see inside the package. So inside that package, there could be the steak. It's that ideal product, the thing that you intended to buy and you paid for, right? But most likely what's going to be in there is a fast food cheeseburger, you know, fast food cheeseburgers occasionally aren't bad and probably only be an issue if you eat them a lot over time, but they're not the steak. It's not what you paid for. It's not what you thought you were going to get. And you shouldn't be spending a bunch of money on a fast food cheeseburger, right? It should be a couple bucks at Mickey D's. But the real problem is, is that a, a portion of the time, about 30% of the time right now, there could be some real problem. A moldy fast food cheeseburger could be in that box. Something dangerous, something that could hurt you, right? So in all of those situations, you don't even know what thing you're getting with supplements. With at least steaks, you open the box and surprise, it's like an LOL dollar, one of those things that my daughter plays with, like unboxing on YouTube. 
Oh, there it is. Oh my goodness. That's the thing that I thought it was going to be, or nope, surprise, I didn't get the right thing. But with supplements, we just gobble them down day after day after day and not really know which three of the bins it fits in. So there's plenty of examples that we've given over the years of poor supplement quality. And I don't have to reach far or nor, I guess nor is the word, right? Nor do I have to nitpick and bring out all of our pages and pages of data that we aggregate every month, every week about problems in the supplement industry. There are two big ones that I'm going to bring up that kind of shed, uh, you know, tell the, tell enough of a story. In 2015, the New York attorney general found that the largest supplement retailers, GNC, Target, Walmart, 80% of their herbal products made for them or more had no active compounds in it. They tested them. Nothing was in there. You buy ginseng, you're not getting anything. It's a placebo pill. That's a problem. And some people could say, listen, that was years ago. That's It's different now, right? Well, guess what just happened this past year? In December 2019, ABH, a New York supplement manufacturer, was shut down due to severe infractions. Basically, they're creating adulterated and misbranded products. And 859 different supplement brands were affected and recalls were extended as far back as seven years ago. So they pretty much shut this company down, told them to destroy everything and recall anything that they've ever made. So that's almost 900 different companies using this single contract manufacturer for their products. So there's not 900 supplement companies making their own thing. They're all using this one guy, right? So could all 900 companies be asleep at the wheel? It's a good question, right? That's why I, I asked that rhetorical one. I, I don't really know, but here's what I believe is representative of what is going on with a lot of the products that are coming to the market in the supplement industry today, right? Someone wants to sell supplements to make money <laughs> because it's a way to make money and it's it seems to be easy, I guess, right? So they like Google make my supplements or contract manufacturer if they actually know a little bit more than uh, <laughs> than than nothing. Uh, they'll make a few phone calls to a few people on the list. They'll find someone nice that helps them. They'll get a couple of quotes from different companies. They might ask some questions. Are you a certified manufacturer? Right. But at the end of the day, they're just going to go with what's cheapest and easiest and most effective for them. So they get their product made without any real oversight or introspection into the processes, and then they just sell it to you, right? So the product comes in, they ship it out to you, and nobody in that process really oversaw and ensured that the product met some degree of standards. So I say all that to say this. I believe that you are in danger. <laughs> You're in danger because you could be eating that moldy cheeseburger, you could be getting exposed to synthetic chemicals, harsh or carcinogenic compounds, heavy metals, and stuff that even hasn't been identified yet. And at best, you're in danger of just wasting your money on something that won't work, right? Because the other side of quality is answering an important question that's slightly less important than, is this product what it should be? And will I die if I take it? Uh, the other question and quality that we forget to ask is, will this even do anything? right? So let's pretend you actually luck out for a second. You actually get a product that's made correctly. And again, I, I'll say that it's happening more and more often that the products are being made to regulation, but there's still risks out there of getting garbage. And even if you get it made to regulation, here's a few questions. 
Is it going to do anything? Will it get absorbed into my system to actually do anything? Is it even the right dose that will provide any benefit? Is there any science to back the claim? Are we taking something because we've been made to be afraid by the charlatans out there, right? They pump us full of fear. They say, hey, you know, you got to worry about this thing and this thing is going to solve it, right? And we want to take that something just in case, as Dana and I talked about on the glutathione episode, right? So closing this product gap is the other side of quality that we have to do. You want magnesium for muscle cramps? Great. I'll give it to you. But what if I give you the form where only 5% of it gets absorbed into your blood? Well, guess what that other 95% does to your gut? It makes you poop. You had leg cramps and now you got butthole cramps and that's not your fault. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, so all these talking heads will run their mouth on and on about how their supplements has this benefit and that benefit. But when it comes down to it, they're just hawking something that can't possibly deliver on any benefits. Plus, then we have to worry about all of those quality things where it could hurt you. And this is my origin story. This is like me being Black Widow and then the movie getting delayed, I guess, right? So it's the first movie in my MCU introduction. So I'm a pharmacist and I care about everything that people put into their bodies that have some effect on human health, okay? What do I do if my patients come to me and ask me for supplement advice and I'm 25 in a pharmacy that I own? What do I do? Thankfully, I've got a decent background in federal regulations. I did a lot of compounding pharmaceuticals. I've got a decent degree, right? And the more important part is that I'm a huge jerk. <laughs> I'm completely okay with conflict, especially with shady supplement companies. You should have heard the fight I got into the other day with a little company. You said that you're a manufacturer and you're certified as a manufacturer. Yes, sir, we are. Okay, when I checked your certification, it says you're certified as a distributor, which means you're only certified as a warehouse. So are you certified as a manufacturer or not? And they wouldn't answer it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to slam my head through the wall because it's like talking to a wall. But yeah, that's uh, how bad this whole system is. So my solution to all of this mess, this nightmare, this big complex problem of quality and therapeutics and everything else is to create a system. I'm a system-oriented guy. So I created the supplement quality standard. Once we put aside what we think we know about supplements and address what's real, we realize pretty quickly that we need standards, right? You as consumers need to look only for those who have standards and they can prove that they follow them. That's the big thing. A company can say, I do this, but they really don't. It's called lying. And what's interesting is that you can just kind of keep lying, right? You could be like, are you a manufacturer? And you could be like, yes. <laughs> it's not true, right? You're not really a manufacturer. And then you can lie again. No, we actually are certified. And you could just keep doing that. It's amazing that you can just keep lying to people. I should try it sometime. <laughs> so you got to push, but first you got to know what to ask. So within each class of supplements like omegas, vitamins, botanicals, probiotics, nutritional stuff, we create a list of requirements. So this is based on all the BS that I've seen over the years, right? The problems that we research every day and we identify, it's usually supplied to us by leaders within each discipline and they're doing super important work and it's impossible for one person to solve any of this stuff. So we really need those people that are trying to move the needle, especially around quality. It's also based on trade organizations that are like leading the way within their discipline and it's based on the science of the ingredient and our reading of clinical trials. And of course, it's based on the rules and the regulations, what you're supposed to do bare minimum. 
So all of this stuff gets put into an internal document. The full details of those will never see the light of the day. And the reason I'm doing this episode is because somebody said, hey, you always talk about your standards. Where are they? And I'm like, I'm not going to show them to you, but I will tell you how to go about them and some important points uh, in them. And if you even are aware of those just generally, you'll be in a much better position than a consumer who is not. So I'm going to highlight some big picture stuff for people. So you can make those smarter decisions. Now, one thing I will say is that first off, this isn't black and white. This is more like a a hundred question, multiple choice test. There's going to be stuff that isn't perfect yet, right? So within a product, but the product will still meet generally the specifications of what we need, right? If everything's right, except they got something wrong on the label, like as long as it's not a major infraction, it's like a font size thing, it's okay, right? So it's it's not a big deal. But if they, I don't know, are murdering you because they have razor blades in the jar, that's a problem, right? The other piece is like, this is a model, right? This is something that will change over time with new information and we have to be okay with that. We may today not be checking for something that we find out that we need to check for. And so the point is, is that the model understands where it's lacking and then adapts and then starts to be a jerk about new information, right? So I don't expect perfection from any of these companies because that's not possible and it's not likely either. We're going to end up taking no supplements or they'll all be a hundred dollars a piece uh, for a month, right? I don't fall for the nice to have stuff either. There's a lot of marketing stuff that gets talked about with quality. Uh, Does your B12, you know, claim that it's non-GMO and that's important? And like, does that even matter if there's too much B12 or not enough B12 or like it has mercury in it, right? Is that a, is, is the non-GMO part an important part when it comes down to it? So, so those kinds of things I don't really fall for. So again, it's a weighted process. So some things are weighted heavily, some are taken lightly. So the end of that is the supplement quality standard. Here's what it is. It's a comprehensive set of criteria that highlights three major components to be considered to judge the quality of a supplement. First, we have the manufacturing. You better follow the rules and the product better be clean. That's simple, right? Second, therapeutics. This product better work to some degree and at least it better not hurt me. And third is ethics. I can speak on behalf of all people my age. We're done with the corporate BS, poisoning the planet and sacrificing our humanity for profits. Let's get real, right? So the supplement quality standard is manufacturing, therapeutics, and ethics all together to judge the quality of a supplement. So let's go through an example that's accessible and important to most people. Omega-3, fish oil, right? So the nice thing about fish oil and omegas is that there's an industry group that's setting aggressive standards for quality omega-3 manufacturing. This is the Global Organization for EPA and DHA Omega-3s, G-O-E-D, GOED, or I just say G-O-E-D. So it's G-O-E-D-Omega-3.com, and they have a monograph that goes through some things that you want to see in your omega-3 product. So let's use our supplement quality standard for omega-3 and see where the GOED leads the way and where we kind of break away and and get a little bit more aggressive. So the first point, of course, is manufacturing. There's a number of things that you have to be sure your fish oil brand is checking for. First, contaminants, right? Because the ocean's gross and it's totally our fault. Not, Not like mine and Dana's fault, but she's not even here right now, but like 
human's fault, right? So heavy metals is the first thing that can be found in our little fishies, uh, arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury being the biggest one. There are other environmental contaminants like plastics. So we have to check for PCBs, dioxins, furans, and like the related compounds. And here's where I try to normally go above and beyond some of these standards. We also like a brand to check for radiation just because, you know, a couple reactor leaks here and there in my lifetime have led us to be concerned about that kind of a thing, right? On top of contaminants, they're oils, you know, omega-3s are oils. So they're going to go rancid and they're going to spoil. And that's going to be problematic for anyone looking to, you know, anti their inflammatories because rancid oils will promote an inflammatory picture in the body, not fight that, right? So brands should check a number of different metrics for rancidity. And that's an important thing. That's where your fish oil starts to taste really gross. And you get those aftertasty burps. It's because you probably have a rancid fish oil. And finally, from manufacturing, we want to make sure that the EPA and DHA numbers are there. They're accurate and they're using a proper method for measuring those things. And again, you're really just looking past the the label, the marketing component, just making sure that they are measuring EPA and DHA in that product. All right. So the second point in the SQS, the supplement quality standard, is therapeutics. This is my rant. The problem with most omega-3 products is the dose. Clinical data, the experts, real ones, not those fake ones on the internet, they show that EPA and DHA doses, which are the two main components of omega-3 and fish oil, need to be higher than what most people take to have any benefits. Most products are super duper low dose, 300 milligrams per soft gel. And most experts are like two to 4,000 milligrams is really what we should shoot for. And there's some interesting stuff about how what we really care about is the percentage of omega-3 in the blood, but we don't have enough data to tie those numbers to the end results and the benefits. So right now we're just going by dose. We can kind of nerd out on that in another episode, I guess. So then the products are out there being all misrepresented, right? So they're showing you that they have a thousand milligrams of fish oil in it and you buy it and you're like, man, a thousand milligrams. I could just take two of these, except you're only getting about four to 600 milligrams of total dose if you take two of those pills. So they're talking about fish oil for soft gel. That's like juice, man. When we're drinking orange juice, we don't care how much juice is there. We care about how much vitamin C is there, right? So the same goes for omega-3. We care about EPA and DHA. So the end result is people are paying like 20 bucks for a fish oil bottle, except they're getting about a 10th of what they need. So that $20 fish oil ends up actually costing them about 200 bucks, 20 times 10. I did that math myself. So it's important. We don't want to get ripped off here. We want to take the right dose and it's got to be clean. And finally, the third point is ethics. And thankfully, thankfully with Omega, there's a number of different global organizations that ensure ethical practices in the catching and processing of the fish. Two of them are the Marine Stewardship Council and Friend of the Seas. And it's important that the raw materials that the brands that you use come from brands that are certified in omega-3 production with either one of those groups. And you can go to either one of their websites and check out what they've got cooking in their fish oil factories and refineries. And then finally, even if you get those good, high-quality products that meet all those other standards, what if they're sold to you by the jerks like Nestle that are like burning down the world, right? And Thankfully, they sold off their chocolate because we will not stop eating Nestle Toll House chocolate chips in our house. I'm sorry. But anyway, we want to avoid these mega corporations that do these dirty deeds in the world. So again, go to my website, woodstockvitamins.com, search for the 14 mega corporations and see which evil empire makes your widow pretty supplement brand. Yeah. So at the end of it, you can see how this works. If you know 
what you're buying and you know there are certain things that we should be concerned about, you can then ask questions of those brands to determine if that product is worth it for you or not. And it's work. It's like, I just gave you a homework assignment. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give you a part-time job as quality assurance for a supplement company, but it is what it is. It is the, the state of the industry. It's the state of the world right now. And it's something that we all have to do. So yes, I hope that someday that you know, I could be like a, just that rubber stamp that I keep saying for everybody. And I'm working towards that. But for right now, you got to do the work yourself, right? You got you to do this. You have to ask these questions. And so I hope this all gives a good perspective on the why, right? And then how we build these things out. And then what I'm also doing myself to apply them at my company. And in future episodes, I'll give you some more in, insight into like botanicals. We've talked about mushrooms with Sky on the podcast and probiotics with Jessica. What questions do you need to know to ask of the products you take? And if you're a supplement retailer, what questions do you need to ask of the brands that you carry? So I try not to do the whole commercial thing, but I'm going to do it today. We spend a lot of time doing all of this stuff. We vet our products so much so that I'm certainly proud to put the name of my little shop there on the front of them. So don't hesitate to reach out to me, Neil, at woodstockvitamins.com. And that's N-E-A-L spelled the right way, for Christ's sake. And I'll give you a free supplement review. I call it Kill the Wellness Chaos. Get rid of those unnecessary, duplicate, ineffective supplements and build out a lifelong wellness strategy that will use products that meet or exceed my supplement quality standard. So that's it for this week. Nice short half-hour episode. Hopefully Dane is back soon. Until next time, though, keep listening, keep learning, and be well. <laughs>